Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. I've asked my leaders to make sure that, that we are here, that we're attentive. And it's, listen, if you love righteousness, how many love the Lord? How many love the Lord, right? If you love righteousness and if you love the Lord, this, you will, you will shout in your spirit. But this, is, this message uh, is not a typical shouting message as far as I'm going to get a, a car, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get blessed, I'm going to get, God, God, God is going to do all that. But what good is it you get blessed financially if there's things in your life that's causing you to drift away? And so I'm starting a new series, and I know it's, uh, uh, the timing is a little bit different, but I believe it's from the Lord because I feel uh, this is a setup for next year because 2020 means clear vision. When you go to the eye doctor, you're hoping to get 2020 vision. Come on, all right? And so we're entering to 2020, but in order for us to get clear vision, we got to deal with some stuff. Right? Turn to someone and say, we got to deal with some stuff. Now, I want you to turn everyone in your, in your Bibles. How many have your Bibles today? Come on. Amen, amen. I see it back there. Old, come on. How many of the good old old-fashioned Bible holders? <laughs> All right. All right. How many have your iPhone and follow with your iPhone or iPad? There you go. Oh, my. <laughs> I ain't going to lie, that's me too, all right. I want you all to, uh, to, to buckle your seatbelts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you um, my heart um, and uh, what I feel as a shepherd that is, uh, is something that I want to uh, address to the body of Christ and also to our spiritual congregation. So I'm asking no one to talk, no one to, uh, to, to be distracted. And let's just come before the Lord to pray. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We love you. And we want to please you. Your word says we do all the things that we can to be well-pleasing to you. And then the Bible says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Father, help us to understand the age that we're living in and the tendencies of, of this age. We ask you in Jesus' name to speak to us. Anoint me. Anoint the word. Anoint the hearers. And everyone excitedly said... I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verse 1. Now, I'm loving the, the, the Passion Translation. So you're going to see a lot of Passion Translation. As I study, I study hard. People that know me, I study hard. My wife knows it's a sacrifice sometimes for my family. But I, I really love studying hard to give you guys meat. But not just to give you meat, but to really dig for the Lord for myself. And so um, in Hebrews 2, verse 1, in the Passion Translation, uh, it's kind of continuing uh, Hebrews chapter 1, which is talking uh, an intro about Jesus, right, the importance of Jesus. And it's actually talking, Hebrews 1 is talking about the, the reality that we will one day rule and judge the world with Christ, that we will even judge angels, right? And Harvest is doing a class on angelology. Is that the right way to do it? And very soon. Because we're, I'm starting to notice, this, this, this teaching is not about angels, but I'm starting to notice that there's a lot of people are getting encounters and visitations. And we have no language for it, right? And so this is coming, uh, Hebrews chapter 2 is coming right off the fact like, hey, angels are just here to minister to the saints of God. And then, verse 1, I, I need you to hear this. Well, I feel the Holy Spirit already. It says, this is why. It is so crucial. Please hear me, church. I feel the presence of God. And I don't say this all the time in the beginning, but I feel the Lord on me. This is why it's so crucial that we all be more engaged and attentive. 
to what? To the truths that, have, that we have heard so that we will not drift off course. I'm going to read that again. It's so crucial. I want, you to, I want you to imagine that the Lord is saying this himself to you right now. It is so crucial that we be all the more engaged. Say engaged. Say attentive. Come on, say engaged. Attentive. Some of us have a hard time doing that during worship. And I'm not talking about a worship service. He's talking about a lifestyle. Be engaged and attentive. Watch this. To, this is key. To the truths that you have heard so that... That means if you do this, this is not going to happen. That you will not drift. Everybody say drift. Come on, say drift. I'm going to explain the word drift in just a second. But I want to bring a sobering message here to you because, and just hear me for a second. The word phrase engaged and attentive here in the New King James is also take heed. So if you have King James Version and you've been reading King James Version for a lot of time, it says take heed. In the, in the Passion Translation, it says uh, be attentive and be engaged. Now, what is it to be attentive and engaged according, wait, 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 not, hear me. It's not attentive and engaged with outward expression of exuberance. That's not what engaged me. I could go like this and not be engaged at all. Amen. That was a good place to say amen. <laughs> now, engage and attentive in that Greek phrase, that word phrase means, watch this, to devote thought or effort to. Well, that's pretty obvious, right? Engage, attentive. But watch this. Watch the Greek definition, the continual Greek definition, because it was translated in Greek, the New Testament. What is the phrase of be attentive and eager? Watch this. You're going to shout. It says, to be given over or to be addicted to, or to bring near to. To be addicted to or to bring near to. So based on that definition, the writer of Hebrews is saying it is crucial that we all be more addicted and brought near to the truths that we have heard so that we will not drift off course. Addicted to truth. Addicted to truth. He said, you, you got to get to a place where you are addicted. You are desiring more and more to be in the presence of God. More than you, you want to be in the presence of people. More and more you want to be addicted in order for you not to drift off course. I know this sounds a little hard, but listen, to, listen if you're in love, this is not hard. A lot of people, oh, you know, this is hard, this is hard, because maybe you're not really in love. Let me tell you, some people, some people that, that cheated and I'm not, uh, or, or do something and committed adultery or whatever, they're like, well, you know, I, I, I love her, but no, you don't love her. This wishy-washy little thing like, oh, well, you know, God knows my heart. No, by your actions, you loved other things more than your wife or your husband. Okay, so why do I say this? It's because Jesus said, the Lord says, if you want to stay on course and not drift. Well, I'm getting somewhere. This is just my intro, okay. You need to develop a habit, which I'm going to tell you later, of how to be addicted, watch this, and be drawn um, near, close to truth. There's a lot of people drifting away right now as we speak and are backsliding and are living double lives because we have failed to realize that the, the key to this thing is called compromise. 
And I labeled this, this, this series the landmines of compromise. Because as a pastor, watch this, and as a shepherd, one of my responsibilities as a shepherd is to, number one, hear God for our people or for the flock that God has given me. All right? That's number one. But number two, this is something that we all should do. Number two, my responsibility as a shepherd is to observe the spiritual condition, come on somebody, of the church. Observe the spiritual condition of the flock that God has given us and our pastors and our leaders. Why do I say this? Because the condition of the sheep and the flock in any church is different. And one of the main things, I'm just going to say it here and then I'm going to run with this. That me and my leaders, and, and when we're praying, that we're noticing a spiritual condition, even in our community, are people that once loved the Lord. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring the hammer now, okay? But I, in love, I, I wouldn't do this if, if I didn't fear in my heart that there was danger for some people. I'm seeing a tendency of people that were on fire for God and are no longer attending church. They're no longer serving the Lord. Or, this is a big one, they're secretly living a double life. Do you know that when you're backslidden, when you're backslidden and you become lukewarm, the double life is going to be a very reality. In other words, what's a double life? You're different here on church than you are at home. You're different here at church or in Christian environments than you are in your workplace. And, and then you, you, you're, you're, you're posting things that only your worldly friends have access to. Come on, somebody. And we think you just have, uh, anyways, I'm not going to go there. When you, are, when you are intentional about making compromises in your life, it will drift you away. And so the reason why I call it landmines is because landmines cause irreversible destruction. I have a, a, a brother back there, uh, Andy, who is a veteran, amen, and, and he's probably seen landmines or he's probably heard of landmines. What is the secret to landmines? Landmines are not effective until they are hidden. You cannot, no one just willingly says, look, there's a landmine. I think I'm going to step on it to see what it does. It is hidden, and when you're walking in the enemy's territory that he has planted little hidden landmines called compromise, it will cause great destruction to your walk with God. A little compromise will eventually lead to making it easier to do that compromise the next time around. Then every time we compromise in a little thing, that desire for that thing gets bigger and the desire to live for the Lord gets smaller. And there, most, of the, most of the time when people step on landmines, it is very destructive and it's very ugly. And on rare cases, when people step on landmines, they actually survive. But they, they have to live the rest of their life without an arm, without a leg. Their face burned. You ain't ready for me this morning. Because a moment of pleasure is not worth a lifetime of pain. So I, I, I say this because when we're not being attentive and engaged or addicted to truth, then 
or his presence, it will cause us to drift. Everybody say drift. Come on, everybody say drift. Into landmines of compromise. When we are not attentive or addicted to truth, please hear me now, I'm breaking this down. We will drift into landmines of compromise. Now, I looked at the word drift. Now, you're going you're gonna to love this if you love the Lord. Drift. Everybody say drift. If I could be honest with you, I feel some of our people are drifting. I wouldn't be a good shepherd if I just ignored this elephant. But I'm, I'm talking to your heart this morning, and I hope you hear me, because drifting is not a good thing. The Bible says you will drift away from the truth. Well, I looked up the word drift, and I look at this. In the Hebrews, the word uh, drift in Greek means parareo, which means, watch this, to slip away, to slip from one's mind, not being able to remember. So the word drift in the Greek means to, it's just slipped my mind. How many, how many had a responsibility and you totally forgot and then someone says, hey, I'm here. You knocked the door or you were expecting uh, somebody and you forgot that you were expecting your house mess and it slipped your mind. You know what happens when you slip your mind? You forget the responsibilities that you were supposed to do. Watch. When someone begins to drift, they begin to have spiritual amnesia about the truth. When someone begins to drift, they will actually think that what they're experiencing is okay, and they forget about the convictions of the truth, and they forget about what got them saved in the first place. Many of you, in order for us to realize that we're drifting, we have to realize where we're at, what we're given into, and we got to remember where and how God encountered us. But drifting is very deceptive because... Before I give you that, I want you to give the, the, first, the first slide there, uh, Zach. And the first slide is in the Webster Dictionary. Look at what the Webster Dictionary says. The Webster Dictionary defines drifting. I told you, I'm not going to get a lot of shouts this morning, but I pray that the Holy Spirit is shouting and saying, be careful. Right? I, I, think, I think sometimes we need balanced preaching. We need to have preaching about the peace of God like I've been doing. But then we got to realize that Jesus warned people not because he hated them, it's because he loved them. A gradual shift in attitude. Watch this. Everybody say gradual. Notice that compromise never, the, the full-blown effect of compromise is never one big act of disobedience. It's usually small concessions of disobedience. And each Subsequent act of little compromise will cause your conscience to be weakened. Ooh, that's good. It'll cause your conscience to be weakened so that you can't turn. And I'm going to tell you what turning means. As a gradual shift of attitude, opinion, or position. Okay, this is, this is what the word drifting means in the Webster. An aimless course. You have no direction, right? And letting go of any type of direction out of control. I'm not saying give control to God. That's a good, good, it's a good thing. When I say out of control is your life is spiraling. Out of control, watch this. A deviation from the true representation of something. So when we begin to drift slowly, we no longer look like the Christians that the Bible says should look like. Because we are no longer representing the authentic person of Jesus in our lives. What if, what if 
our expression, our casual expression of Christianity is not really what Jesus wanted in the first place. What if, what, do people see conviction in you? Do they see stability in you? And this is why, I'm getting ahead of myself, it is important to understand what drifting means because it, drifting, by definition, is not a fast carrying away. It's a slow carrying away. Please hear what I'm trying to say. It is so deceptive that you don't even know that you're away until it's really bad for you. Because like, another word for drift, and here's where I'm going to get deeper here. Another word for drifting is when there's a hidden undercurrent in the ocean. Oh, man. That you're just playing around and you're, you're, you're swimming. And I'm going to show you a video in just a second, in just a sec, a real video of little kids just swimming, have no idea that there's an underlying current that's stronger than them. And they're not being attentive to the ocean and where they're going. And before you know it, your original position is here and you have no idea how you ended up here. Because you're just swimming along and you're just going along and then slowly your convictions start falling and slowly your Christian friends start falling. Come on. And then slowly you won't go to church and then slowly you won't read your Bible, but you still love Jesus. But you're not being attentive to the things that brought you stability. And that's why we need to be thankful for friends and leaders and whatever you want to call them that love you enough to say, bro, you are in danger. The Lord has been convicting me lately that I need to make sure that if I notice I, notice someone that is backsliding, I'm no longer going to say, well, just be silent and say, well, I'm just praying for you. I'm going to call them and I'm going to say, hey, I love you, but what you just posted on there, that's not healthy for you. Where you're going is not healthy. And, you know, I've come to the place in my life where I said, hey, I don't care if they don't like me now, but they'll love me in heaven. I, 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 I always say that. I said, you may not like me now, but you will say PG or George because I won't be PG. But I, say, George, thank you for going after me. Thank you. Now, there's a difference between being judgmental and holding someone in love to the truth of the gospel. Well, well, they're judging me. No, they're not. Some of them are, but some of them are like, bro, you don't, this is, this thing, the, the compromise is so deceptive that you think you're not doing anything wrong. That's why deception is believing that you're 100% right, yet 100% wrong. I've never seen anybody in my life walk up to someone and say, hi, I'm deceived. How are you doing? Never. They think that their actions, all right, now watch, I'm going to get, you're going to really get it here. Now watch this. It will occur is a slow process. Say slow process. Watch this. And I want you to see, I want you to see this video. Zach, have this video up, right? Because drifting will open ourselves to danger. Now I want you to see this video. I want you to see this video. There's a family enjoying themselves at the beach. How many know what I'm talking about? A rip current. How many know what a rip current is? Rip currents cause people to, everybody say this, drift. Okay? Now watch. Go ahead, Zach, play that video. It gets, it gets in a minute or two, you'll see what it's talking about here.
know the girls shouldn't be swimming in the riptide. And I didn't even know they were swimming in the riptide until I went over to join them. And it took me 30 seconds to recognize that we were being pushed out. And in spite of me trying to push them to the side, we kept getting swept farther and farther out to the point where it was above my head and certainly above the girls' heads. Hey, Bella. Here comes the big one. Look where they started. Just having fun, having a, 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 a good time, not noticing they're being separated more and more. See how graduate it is? Hey Bella, come in. This is a this is a strong undertow. I can't. I can't. Okay. Like you're trying to swim. I know. Come over this way. Come follow me. Come follow Madeline. Madeline, come follow me. Come to me. At this point, not even he is able to, to, to handle the, the, the force. When you're caught, stay. Come this way. When you're caught in, in, a, in a strong current, you've got to get sideways. Well, this is well, Bella, hold on to me. Keep watching and picture compromise as the current. Okay, swim that way. See now he's calling for help. He can't he can't do it. Undertow. So someone came that was a surfer and helped them. Two more minutes.
almost done here. Okay, walk. Walk out. Keep walking, girls. Watch, watch what he says to his kids, and then I'm gonna transition no, no. into my message. Okay? Watch. playing and we just started going out. I know. It caught me too. When I went to join you, I could feel it. And for about the first 30 seconds, I didn't think it was a big deal. And then I recognized that it was pulling us out. And it was getting deeper and deeper. And we couldn't get back. Okay? You okay? Okay. I'm still shaking. I am too. Yeah. That was a little scary. Alright. You can cut it. You can cut it off. I wanted you to see a real example of how a current, a current undertow gradually drifts people into areas of destruction where it's almost hard to come back. If you've ever studied that, if you try to swim against it, you'll be so exhausted that you'll drown, all right? And there's some people in our walk with God that we have no clue, please hear me with all my heart, we have no clue that the current has already begun in our lives. We have no clue because we're giving into little compromises. Listen, backsliding does not happen when we're full-blown in the clubs and drinking and then everybody's like, oh, okay, now they're backsliding. No, no, backsliding comes, starts in your home, in your church, while you're sitting in your seat. Because there's, there's things that you do that compromises, opens the door for destruction. And it leads to a backslidden lifestyle. Please hear me now. I know this is not the rah-rah message that you were probably hoping for. But I pray that you hear my heart because I am tired of compromise sweeping, sweeping the church away and then, then they get angry and then blame the church. What? Now watch, I'm going to teach you something. Are you getting something this morning? What are the currents that are causing us to drift? I'm just going to name some. Some of the currents. The current of immorality. The current of immorality. That's a current. You're just going to church, but you have a double life. Oh, let me preach for a second. You're going to church... But you are opening up yourself to pornography. You're going to church and you're flirting with someone at work because you're not getting something, anything at home. And those little things that nobody sees are currents 
that, guys, did you notice that those people didn't know that they were drifting until it was too late? That's what compromise does. Little compromise does not tell you, hey, you're far off. It will lie to you and say, hey, you're still standing. You're still swimming. You're still doing good. But the more you do it before you know it, you have more desires for the world than you have for God. And then you wonder, how did I get there? How did I? My life is a mess. And then you have no desire, very little, to turn back unless you get to a place where God eventually will starve you so you can come back. Can I say something? Well, I'm going to say it even if you don't. <laughs> it's impossible to be happy, fully happy, truly happy, if you've once tasted of the Lord and go back. I don't, I don't care if you're, if you're smiling on your photos. I don't care if you're smiling in your videos. I don't care if you're dancing it up. If you have ever tasted from the Lord, taste and see that the Lord is good. My friend, if you've ever tasted, just one time, if you've ever tasted of the goodness of God, you will be miserable on the inside. It's torturous. Yes, you can have a lot of money. Yes, you could get the sex that you want. And yes, you could get all the money that you think. But inside, you are drowning because you're drifting. I'm going to come up with a song called Drift. Just drift. Watch this. Another current. Another current is the current. Here's a current. Ready? The current of financial debt causing many to drift. They get, they get so focused on that financial debt that, that they started off here, and all of a sudden they're over here. Like, how in the world did I get here? Because we're so focused on that financial debt that before we know it, like, my heart's not even alive for God anymore. Oh, come on. I'm preaching good here. My, my heart, my heart, man. And then we just kind of go through the motions. Be, da- be, be careful when you go through the motions for a long time because the next step is a landmine. Oh, I want to talk about this. Ooh. You, know what another, you know what another current is? Young people, you know what another current is? The current of offense and bitterness and anger. That current, when you're offended, when you're offended and when you're bitter and when you're angry, nobody, you cannot see you cannot see the full picture when you're bitter and offense. And you, you know this, I'm going to shout. You know how a landmine is hidden? Offense is also hidden. Because the Greek word for offense in Matthew 24, in the last days, you know, you should see kingdom rise against kingdom and a nation against nation and the moon will turn to blood. And we always look at those things as signs of the last days. But one of the signs of the last days, Jesus said, many will be offended. Many, many Christians will be offended Hate one one another, betray one another. Christians. And the Greek word for offense there is scandalon, which is a hidden trap. Do you see that compromise is always disguised in a hidden form? Well, it's just a little bit of bad words that I want. It's just a little bit of nudity. It's It's just a little bit of witchcraft. I mean, it's white witchcraft, so it's okay. It, it, it's, it's, watch, 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 watch. It's hidden traps that will blow you up. I don't encourage this, but watch videos on people stepping on landmines, if there is some. I don't even know if there is. It, 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 you probably have to censor it. 
because it's that destructive. You may say, why, why, do you, why, do you, why are you saying this, Pastor George? Because in your spirit, your spirit is about to step on that landmine. Your emotions are about to step on that landmine. And when the current of offense, am I preaching good here? Bitterness and anger rule your heart. It's impossible to see anything else except your injustice. That's why it's camouflage, because you're focused on all the wrong that was done to you. And I know, I've been there. I've been there. Oh, it's not fair. My affliction that I go through every now and then, nobody still knows what it is, but it feels like my skin is on fire all the time. And so I'm like, Lord, and I, and I, and I shout to God, and I shout for God. And then I shout, what's wrong with you? And then I'm but I had to realize the Lord said, you need to be careful because your heart can drift with bitterness, not just towards people. Because when you're bitter, you can open the doors for bitterness against God. That's a current. Say current. Another current that drifts people into compromise and away like that current that you see very gradually is the current of the hardness of heart due to pain and hurt. So there's offense and bitterness and anger, but then there's hurt. Oh, come on. Has anybody been hurt here? Has anybody been hurt by people? I mean, last time I checked, angels didn't hurt me. <laughs> angels didn't offend me. I'm mad at you, angel. Why didn't you show up in my room like that? It's, it's people that offend you, that hurt you. But I'm here to tell you, they're not your enemy. We forget the good old-fashioned Ephesians scripture that says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness and, and rulers in high places. Never once it says your enemy is people. Yeah, they may be used to get things underneath your skin, but your real enemy is not people. Because if that's the case, you have enemies everywhere. Just like I said last week, if you think perfect peace comes from a removal of, pe of people, then you will never have peace. Pain. Come on. Pain. When you get hurt, you stop. Watch this. Oh, I'm preaching good here because this ministered to me. When you get hurt, you stop being attentive and, what's that other word? Attentive and what? And what? Engaged to truth. Is it, isn't it, let's just talk here as a family. Is it true that when you're hurt real bad, it's hard, it's hard to engage? Okay. But why I'm saying this is so you could recognize it as a sign of a current that's trying to slowly drift you into a place that you'll spiritually and emotionally drown. Come on, somebody. Now, 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 watch, watch, watch. Let's look at a one or two scriptures about people that used to serve God. Can I just be honest? Like in our community, there's people that may serve God. And by, by the way, let me pause. This is not my notes. Let me just pause and say this. When we see people that are our friends or our brothers and sisters that we know are drifting. Get, be the lifesaver. Come on. <laughs> don't be like, oh, my God, look at them. Look, I can't, see, I knew it. I knew it all along. And they're like, and they don't even know they're drowning or about to drown, and you see it. Throw the lifesaver to them. Don't say like, I see, I knew it. I knew it. See, I knew it. So, you know what? They don't even come to church anymore. No. Give them a call, glory to God. Come on. Hug on them. Love on them. Throw some word at them. You know, throw a, a podcast to them and say, hey, you need to listen to them. Who cares what they think about you? Guys, we need to be life preservers for people that are drowning. 
How horrible would it be for a lifeguard to look at a tendency of the ocean and not warn the swimmer? Look at, look at some scriptures. I know it's good because I'm not getting a lot of amen, so I know it's deep. Right? First Kings chapter 9, look at this. How many remember Solomon? Chris, you remember this when I used to say this. And, and Chris was with me since, wow, 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, 16, something like that. You're old, man, because I'm old. <laughs> I used to say this to the youth group when he, was, when he was with me about 15, 16 years ago. I gave this example. Look at this. How many know Solomon? How many, raise your hand if you know who Solomon is. All right, the first thing that, think that comes in your mind about Solomon is what? Now, no, don't get spiritual on me, those who know this story. Don't get real spiritual. What, what's the first thing that you think of is Solomon? Wisdom. <laughs> Wisdom. Proverbs. Ecclesiastes. He wrote those books, right? He's the son of David, the temple. Wow, right? Can we just both agree, <laughs> us agree, that these descriptions describe a man of God? Right? So it's a man of God. He's a leader. He's not a novice. Yet God, in his love, sees the weakness of a great leader. Let me pause and say, just because you're great in leading doesn't mean you're great in walking with God. So, so you have to be careful. You have to be careful that you don't have public success and private failures. All the time. We all have private failures. But I'm saying don't discount these things. Right? Look at Solomon. So he, he, he's, he's Solomon. He's David's son. Watch. Watch what God says. The Lord appeared to Solomon. Now, I want to I say, if the Lord ever appears to you and gives you a specific warning, pay attention. You know why? Because he's not saying a specific warning because he thinks that, you know, I'm just going to throw, be careful about gambling. <laughs> no, if he says, I warn you, do not, if you gamble, if you do this again, what he's saying is, I see the inner weakness in you that hasn't come out yet, and if I'm, so I'm highlighting it to you. Be aware of that current. Now watch specifically what, what God told Solomon. I mean, come on, guys. He got the answer. How many have been visited by an angel to warn you about your weakness? <laughs> I wish God did that to me. Oh, is that? Okay, yes, sir. Yes, Lord. I'll be in fear and trembling. If God, if God showed up to me and says, it's because of this area of your life that this, these things are causing you to drift, I'll be like, literally, I'll be shaking. Like, oh, my God, you're right. And here's one thing. Every time God speaks, he's always right. That man can never be wrong. So don't, don't, don't try to change his mind like, no, no, Lord, I mean, I, I mean it's okay. I, I don't know if you hurt, know my heart that much. L look what he says to Solomon. The Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to Solomon, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have consecrated this house, the, the temple that he built, which you have built to put my name there forever. Isn't that glorious? And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Look at this. Now, if you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you. And if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom of Israel forever. See, he's setting him up. Because what God is saying is like, hey, you're in the ocean and you don't even see a current that's about to hit you. I want you to apply this to yourself. As I promised to David your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Now watch this. But, everybody say but. At that moment, even though this is a visitation from the Lord, this is a huge warning sign. If your sons, if you or your sons at all, turn from following me. Drift. Drift. Everybody say drift. 
say drift. If you turn or drift from following me and do not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, watch this, watch this. This is very specific. He could have said anything, but he says, and go and serve other gods and worship them. You would think, oh, Solomon will never do that. When I first read that, I'm like, why is he saying that to Solomon? Solomon just built the temple. Can you imagine? I built the temple and God, and God says, look, I'm proud of you. But, but if you serve other gods, George, if you serve other gods, look at this. Then I will cut off Israel from the land which I have given them. And this house which I have consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight. This is God talking about Israel. Israel will be a proverb and a byword among the peoples. Watch this. As for this house which is exalted, everyone who passes by it, this is if, this is if, he, if he drifts in that direction. Everyone, why is he going through such detail, guys? Do you get what I'm getting at? Why is God going, if you do this, this is going to happen. If you do this, this is going to happen. Because he wants to establish the fear of the Lord in Solomon. Because he knew a weakness in Solomon. And I'm going to share it to you. In just two chapters, you will see the weakness that caused Solomon to drift. Everyone who passes by will be astonished and hiss and say, why has the Lord done, are you, are you ready for this? Why has the Lord done this? Now this is Old Testament. I understand there's a lot of principles in the New Testament, but here's a principle. Why has the Lord done this to his land and to his house or to his people? Look at the next verse. Then they will answer, because they forsook the Lord. They drifted. They forsook the Lord their God who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt and embraced other gods. This, this hasn't even happened yet. And yet he's saying what will happen if it happens. <laughs> and worship them and serve them. Do you see the zeal of God? He's saying, I, 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 I'm begging you. There's a weakness inside of you that if you don't come to me for it, and that compromise doesn't get dealt with, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. If, th if that compromise doesn't get dealt with, the Holy Spirit says to you, you will end up in the deep end where the sharks are and the, and the, and the, and the, pe and the animals that could devour you and you won't have strength. Please listen to me. It could be a little anger. It could be, it, it could be, <laughs> it could be gossip. Listen, I don't care if you speak in tongues if you gossip in English. I, I, I don't care if you speak in tongues and you gossip in Spanish or Portuguese or Russian. All right? Speaking in tongues and hopping and hollering does, is not a sign that you're mature. All right? Because you could be doing that and gossiping in English. Speaking heavenly language and destroying your, your okay. Now watch this. Watch this. Woo, are you getting something? He said something specific. He said, Solomon, I'm not going to tell you to stay away from the drugs because that's not a weakness in you. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying to, to, uh, that, that you're not going to be uh, faithful with money. As a matter of fact, if you read the Bible, the Bible says Solomon was the richest man that ever lived. So God trusted him with money. So he, he wasn't saying, hey, listen. Um, I'm going to give you all this money, but then I'm going to take it away. No, God trusted with money. He was, I mean, you just read the details of the gold that was in Solomon's temple, right? He, that brother had no problem with money. Watch this. So that wasn't a weakness. You know what his weakness was? His weak. now watch, this is key. Your weakness will cause you to drift. You're, watch this. I'm going to say, 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 put that slide. Your biggest weakness is what is the current that will eventually cause you to drift. Look. Your biggest weakness is usually the hidden current that seeks to drift you away into landmines of compromise. 
Now, I'm only, I'm only saying this because I need all of us to not ignore our weaknesses. I'm not glorifying our weaknesses. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching down to you. What I'm saying is for just a moment, just for a moment, be honest with yourself. And what is your biggest weakness? Don't say it. <laughs> I want you to see it. I know my, my biggest weaknesses. I have a couple of them. Couple, not one. Amen. Come on, somebody. I know, I know I'm the only one here that only has, has a couple. I know you only have one, but I mean, I have a couple. Come on, make me feel good here. So your biggest weakness is usually the hidden current that seeks to drift you. So what's your weakness? Don't say it. Just, just think about it. Is it anger? Is it propensity to be offended? Is it lust? Is it fornication? Uh, is it drugs? Is it anger? Now, I want you to think about that. That right now is setting you up to try to get you into the deep end slowly. Is it hardening of heart because of pain? And now you don't care anymore? Look at two chapters later after the Lord appeared to Solomon. You would think, come on, guys, come on. Has anyone ever had a visitation before you fell? <laughs> a, a, like a visitation from an angel saying, I love you so much. I'm going to highlight something so that you won't do it. I don't want you to do it. But if you keep on, there's this current that it's your choice. See, here's the thing. I'm going to end it with, a, with this message because at the end of the day, it's our choice. But one choice could turn everything around. Right? Now watch this. Look at second, just two chapters later. First Kings chapter 11. Are you ready for this? Look at this. But King Solomon loved many foreign women. <laughs> as well as the daughter of Pharaoh. That's a whole other sermon. He was attracted to the daughter of Pharaoh who was a worldly person, had nothing to do with the, the laws of God, and his attraction was physical instead of spiritual. And I always told people when I was a youth pastor, I said, let your first attraction be spiritual, not physical. Let them love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm not telling you you have to marry someone that's ugly. You have to put a bag over their head because they're on fire for God, you know, like coming <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Someone like, oh, no. But what I am saying is your first attraction, oh, man, I'm going to preach good. I'm going to high five Miss Linda here. Your first attraction to anything that involves your life should first pass the meter of is this pleasing to God or not. And I know you say, well, that's just legalistic. No, because if you don't have that in your, in your, uh, in your core of who you are, then you just dress however you want. And you just, you just talk however you want. You just live however you want. And, and call it God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows your heart. That needs to change. Right? Now watch. Solomon loved many foreign women. Right, watch this. And the daughter of Pharaoh. Oh, no. What, what? So what's his weakness? We just identified it. What's his weakness? Lust. Hear me. Hear me. Lust is a great killer in the church. He lusted. He couldn't control his lust problem. And what happened? Here's the current. Are you ready? Current lust. He couldn't, he couldn't control it. Women of Moabites, Amabites, Edomites, all the ites. Sindians, watch this. From the nations of whom the Lord said of the children, you shall not, you shall not, Go there. You, you can fill the blank. Don't do, the Lord says, this is a landmine. Don't go there. It's like Mufasa when he was with uh, 
Simba, thank you. And, 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 there, and he's like, and he's sitting there, he goes, wow, all oh, this is ours. He goes, all oh, this is ours. Right? And he's like, wow. He goes, but over there, you don't go over there. Even the king, even the king says, don't go over there. What's there? Well, you don't, I don't even know the line. There was an elephant graveyard there. But watch this. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even, even in that movie, there was parameters. He said, I'm God. I'm king of this whole land. But don't go in that area. Right? Don't cross the line and go into the enemy's territory because it's filled with landmines. But guess what? And here's another message. You know what, you know what caused him to drift? His curiosity. You know what? I grew up in the church my whole life. You know, I, I think I deserve to try this out. You know, I've grown up, I've grown up in the church all my life. I, I think, I think I'm gonna, I've been told this is wrong, but you know what? All my friends do it, and it's not a bad thing. Curiosity, boom. Now watch this. Remember the warning? Remember the warning? Remember? He said, don't serve other gods. Now you say, what does women have to do with that? Continue. Because your biggest weakness will, hack, will cause you to worship those things more than you love God. Anything you love, serve, and obey more than God is an idol in your life. <laughs> so you, watch this, watch this. Surely they will turn your, God is saying, remember when I told you that they will turn your hearts and follow after God? Watch this. Solomon clung. It didn't matter what God said at that point. He was too far gone. And he loved the lust that he had. And as king, uh, I'm not trying to be graphic, but he had anything he wanted. Anything, any time, any want, any, any, any women he wanted, he just, he just had it. Watch this. Keep, keep going to the next verse. And he had 700 wives. Holy ghost. I mean, you talk about a problem. 700 wives. He couldn't be faithful to one. Not even two. He didn't want one. He didn't want two. 700. Princesses and 300 concubines. 1,000 women. Watch this. Are you ready? I want you to read this slowly. And his wives turned away his heart. I'm going to read that again. And his wives turned away his heart from the Lord. Keep going to the next verse. I'm almost done. Are you getting something here? For it was so. Now, I couldn't believe when I read this years ago. When Solomon was old... That his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart, I, I, I couldn't believe this, was not loyal to his God. What? Solomon. We're talking about Solomon. When he was old, his weakness was never dealt with. And his weakness turned his heart to idolatry. I'm going to say something bold here. Your weakness is the beginning of compromise, and compromise is the beginning of stepping into landmines. Do you notice somebody or your friends, I'm going to be really real with you guys. Come on, listen, listen. Do you know anybody right now, right now, <clears throat> that's gone, drifted, and now all of a sudden, they're not following the Lord anymore. They're not serving the Lord. They're not coming to church anymore. Do you know, do you know people like that? Stop, stop being all spiritual and pretending like you don't know. Do you know people that way? Then if you see it, I'm asking for you to bring awareness and even help bring them in back to shore. If it wasn't for that person, they cried for help. If it wasn't for that surfer, because I cut off the video, but they said, the guy later said, if it wasn't for that surfer, I could have drowned myself. Oh, man. 
I, I have one more script here. Maybe two, maybe three, I don't know. I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be quick. How many do you feel the Lord is speaking today? Okay, okay. His greatest weakness was his lust for women and his inability to control his lust. And he followed other gods. No one would have ever thought, reading Solomon's story, without reading this, that he would ever be disloyal to the Lord. But he did. Don't ever think that just because you've been walking with the Lord for 20 years, or 15 years, or 10 years, that things cannot happen. You know what the Bible says? Be careful when you think you're strong, lest you fall. And you know that this reality in Solomon, do you actually know that the, you know, we talk about end times all the time, and, and that's good. End times, uh, when it comes to the Lord returning and the Lord is returning, the Lord is returning. We, we've stopped preaching about the Lord's return, and we're going to start preaching on the Lord's return. He's coming. The Lord is coming. And so our obedience needs to be, now watch. So, so uh, listen to me, listen to me. This is reality of the end times. You say, how? Do you know that the Bible says that there will be great falling away in the end times? Right? There's great falling away. But specifically in the end times, we're, guys, we're in the last days. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to prove to you that we're in the last days by just reading scripture. All right? Look at 1 Timothy chapter, I believe it's first, 2 Timothy chapter 3 in the TPT. Watch this. Are you ready? Listen, listen, listen. Look at the screen. Look at the screen. But you need to be aware in the final days. Everybody say final days. Last days. Now, I want you to read this in the, in the Passion Translation. I want you to see if this is happening now, all right? In the last days, because we think last days is like a thousand years from now, right? You need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society woo, will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, and obsessed with money. That's not happening today, is it? No. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own parents or families. And the other translation says they will be disobedient to parents. Amen. They will be ungrateful and holy. Watch, look at verse 3. They will become addicted. Remember the, 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 the Greek word for take heed and attention to? Addicted. They will take heed or they will be addicted. Look at it. To hateful and malicious slander. That's gossip. They will be addicted to it. What's I want to get the scoop of what's happening in the youth group. What's happening to this guy? Come on, come on. What, what's happening over here? I'm going to get the scoop of what's happening at RCC. What's that? Can you believe that person is doing that? I know, I believe that. Yeah, I saw him in the club the other day. I know it got quiet in here, but it's okay. You know why I say that? Is because the Bible says in the last days we'll be addicted to that. We'll be addicted to like. I can't believe Pastor John. I can't believe Pastor George. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. And we just want to be in the scoop. And what good is it when you're joining? Let me tell you something. If you're joining in on gossip, you might as well are gossiping yourself. Malicious slander, right? They will be ferocious, belligerent, haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will set without, watch this, they will act without restraint. Bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their deceit. Now watch this verse, this line. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. Now, now I love the, the TPT version because in the New King James Version, it says this. They will be lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. Right? So it almost reads like 
Um, I love pleasure more than, than um, my, my, I love, my love is for God, than I love, than I love God. But the, te- the, the, the Passion Translation doesn't say it that way. It says there will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of, watch this, more than, put that, put that verse back up there. More than the pleasures of the loving God. In other words, it's not, I'm not measuring my pleasure is greater than my love for God. He's saying what God has, the pleasures that God has to offer. The pleasures that God has in store for you. They will love the pleasures of the world more than the pleasures of God. That means everything that God has to offer humanity, they will be convinced that their own pleasures is greater than the vast, immeasurable, uncomparable love of the things that God has to offer through the Lord. I'm almost done. And he said these things because the landmines are coming and they're here. I want the worship team to get up here and and I'm going to close when I say these few words. Put these next slide up. If we could have the worship team come up, please. Compromise doesn't usually begin with huge acts of disobedience. More often, it usually starts with minor slips in your thinking and behavior towards God. People. People. What areas are we compromising in? I'm not asking you to live a perfect life. I'm asking you to identify your compromise. Those people, they weren't claiming perfection. They were having fun. But is it possible that while, while you're serving God, you're gradually getting, your, your, your compromise is gradually taking you to a deep end? What areas, listen to me, what areas do you feel is the areas that you compromise in? Here's the beautiful part. The Lord is merciful and he wants, and all it takes is one decision. All decision. And, I, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. The slope, I, I wrote this down. The slope becomes slippery. And each subsequent act of disobedience is easier to rationalize. And every little, accom- listen guys, listen. And every little accommodation in your actions will weaken your conscience and make it very difficult to reverse. I used to say this when I was in the youth group. But how many think, the first thing when you think of rat poison, you think of that is deadly, right? Well, I've said it before and i say it again. Rat poison is, temp, is 10% poison and 90% edible liquid. But it's the 10% that kills you. If you look at the ingredients of rat poison, no one right here would say rat, because you, you identify rat poison as, oh my goodness, you have a skull with, you know, two, two, two bones across it. No one would ever dr- dare to drink rat poison, yet... The ingredients of it, 90% of the ingredients of, of rat poison is edible. Only 10% is strychnine poison. What does that mean? It's the 10% compromise that will eventually kill you. Don't think that just because it's little, it's not going to kill you. So I'm ending with this. Here are some signs of compromise. And then we're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to identify some of our compromise. And we're going to give it to the Lord. Amen. How many, how many feel the Lord speaking today? I'm not looking for a lot of shouts today. I'm looking for surgery. I'm looking for you to say, okay, I see that in me. Okay, I see that. I see that. Okay, I see this compromise. I see, I see this, this little area in my life. All right? Don't ignore it. 
The worst thing you could do is say, oh, that's not me. That's for another person. Look at this. Some signs of compromise and consequences. I want you to write this down because it's not going to be. Oh, yeah, it is. It's going to be on there. It's going to be on there. Look, let's, let's go through them. Some, some signs of compromise because the compromise opens the doors for all kinds of bondage, all right? So look at the first sign. Compromise opens all kinds of doors for bondage and all kinds of darkness. Compromise. Do you know that uh, if you've been addicted to anything, you first have to start with little thing, with the little. You may not like smoking, but you do it enough, long enough, and maybe you start getting addicted at that. Or some lust things, right? Whatever it is. Compromise opens the doors to bondage. How many want to be in bondage? So I'll give you a clue. Identify your compromise. Because, see, I think the church is looking for demons. Like, oh, I'm not bound by demons. Or, oh, I, I don't get visitation at night with demons. Right? Some of you do. But we think that is, uh, is, is deliverance. No. How about your little anger issues? How about, how about your extreme passivity to not confront issues in your life? That's, that's a stream. How about overwhelming debt in your life? How about family problems, right? Look at the next one. Compromise and consequences of compromise. It heavily hinders your prayer life and your desire for the word. Guys, when you are compromising, when you and I are compromising, it hinders our prayer life. How many have been in habitual compromise and desire to pray? And when you do, you get either convicted, which is good, or you feel ashamed, right? Compromise will hinder your prayer life and the desire for the word. Look at the next one. Just fly it out. It damages, it damages your Christian reputation and character in the eyes of others. Your Did you hear what I said? Your compromise damages your Christian reputation and character in the eyes of others. You know that when you're compromising in private, it's only, a, it's only a matter of time before that comes out in public. But when you're compromising in public, that means it's really going on in private. Hello? When you snap, when you snap at your coworker, come on somebody, I'm preaching here. When you just snap at him, you continually snap at him, stop blaming your personality on that. There's issues of compromise that you have not dealt with. And it hinders your character. Look at the next one. Look at the next one. It stains the way you think and make decisions on a daily basis. When you compromise, you actually, you don't know, you no longer think like you used to think. When you compromise, you actually think, I can't wait to do this tomorrow. It affects the way you think. Think of people that you know that are not serving the Lord right now. They're thinking different than they were maybe six months ago. It affects the way you think. I'm closing here. Look at the next, look at the, the next couple ones. A lost desire to talk. Ooh. A lost desire. When you compromise, your desire to witness to others who need God will almost be non-existent. There have been few times in my life where I've just been really hurt and I've been, and I compromised in reading the word and stuff. And you know what went out the window? I didn't want to talk to anybody about Jesus. It's all about me now. I was rude. 
and I'm a Christian, and this is time, there was time in my life, I want my food now, waitress. What's wrong with you? The whole time, I'm there. I'm not one time saying anything about Jesus. Oh, I feel the Lord. Listen to me. Listen to me. Be focused. When you do that, when you compromise, it will affect your desire to speak to people about Jesus. Because when you're in love, there is no compromise existing. When you're in love and you love that person for the first time, you wake up and the devil could be saying, hey, hey, hey. And he's going like this. And you're like, so-and-so, 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 so-and-so. When you're in love with Jesus, it will bleed out of you. It will come out of you. I got to hurry because people are leaving. <laughs> All right. It, watch, I'm, I'm done with this. Hey, keep going to the next slide. Keep going to the next slide real quick. I want them to stay. A sense of loss of the awareness of the presence of God. And the last one, the last one. An increased desire for worldliness and sin. Measure your desire level. Do you desire worldliness now at this moment, at this moment right now that I'm talking to you? Do you, do you deeply desire a lot of worldliness? Then you're, comp you're compromising and you're on your way to the deep end. I want you to look at this last quote and then we're going to stand up. Charles Stanley. How many know Charles Stanley? How many know who Charles Stanley is? He says something real powerful. Help me with this, guys. Charles Stanley, in a quote that I read, he said this. The non-compromiser has a clear sense of direction in life and their walk with God. The non-compromiser is governed by principles rather than preference. Rather than preference. In other words, what's convenient, it doesn't matter. I'm governed by principle, right? They shun compromise because they are motivated by the approval of God rather than the approval of others. At the end of the day, it may gratify your flesh, and I won't be honest, whatever you're doing, this it will gratify your flesh. But at that moment, you have a decision. Do I want to have the praise of God or the praise of this moment? I want everyone to stand up right now. Come on. I want everyone to stand up. And I want you, just you alone, right now, between you and God. I'm going to make a bold call, which I, I, it doesn't matter the response. I'm just going to be obedient to the Lord. We're going to pray against compromise. I'm going to ask you right now, and just a, uh, while we sing just a, few, just a few moments, not too long, I'm going to ask you to identify the compromises in your own life. Come on, I don't, I don't want you to sit here. This, I'll tell you, this is a family talk today. I don't want you to sit here and say, that was a good word, and elbow somebody and don't apply it to your life. I want you to say, what is my compromise? Seriously, seriously, let's get right. What are my compromises as a man? What are my compromises as a woman? What are my compromises as a husband? What are my compromises as a wife? Am I submitting to my husband? It doesn't matter what's happening. Are you submitting to your husband? Uh, I mean, husbands, are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church? Every time I read that scripture, I'm like, Lord, I repent. Not because I don't love my wife, but because sometimes I don't love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Selfless. So I want you to close your eyes and then I'm going to do a, a specific call. Father, I pray right now, every one of us, that we will identify our compromise. Identify our compromise. And I want everyone to close your eyes and be engaged. I'm asking you to take this seriously. I want you to identify the compromise in your life. I'm just asking you, 
to allow yourself to make a decision to swim back. Slowly, one decision will get you back. But when you identify that compromise, listen to me, you're identifying the current that's trying to sweep you and drift you away. The Lord says in the beginning, be attentive and engaged in the what? Truths that you've heard. Father, I pray, Lord God, right now, we come to war with our compromise and we give it to you. We name it in our hearts. We know what it is. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us to turn away from these little compromises. It's the, it's the fox, the little fox that, that destroys the, the vineyard of love. According to Song of Solomon, I'm asking us to identify. Let's not be silent. What is our compromise? And I'm asking those who are far that have left the current unwillingly. One or two or three or four decisions. Now they're in the deep end in the world. I'm asking even our community, if you see that, pray for them. Call them. Minister to them. Right now, release this truth in our hearts. Come on, just you and God. You and God. Just release it. I release this compromise to you. See, I, I can lay hands on you. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing, nothing, nothing is going to happen until you identify your compromise. It may be with yourself. It may be with your spouse. It may be with your family. It may be with uh, an addiction that you're suffering. Now, before we leave, all eyes closed. And I, I hardly ever do this on a Sunday morning, but those of you who heard this message and you once used to serve God passionately, you once used to serve the Lord, and you have no clue how that current swept you slowly, like that family you saw, and you find yourself desiring things that you never used to desire on a consistent basis. You find yourself, and this is going to be hard, but I'm just, I'm just going to release it, maybe living a double life. And God says he wants that to be over this morning. He wants the double life. Come on, church. He wants the double life to end. He loves you so much that he's warning you like he's warned Solomon. In his great love, he's saying, identify your compromise. Return to the Lord, for I am married to the backslider. Come. Those worldly things will not satisfy you. If you're that person, I know it's going to take a lot of boldness, but if you really mean business with God, and you know that you've been a backsliding in that ocean, testing the waters of curiosity, and it swept you away. I want you to, right now, are all eyes closed, lift up your hands. God is wanting you to come. If that's you, the Lord wants you to come. If you want to make a move, I'm not going to force you. If you want to make a move and say, you know what, I want to make this declaration. I want to come back home. I've been away from the Lord. I've been away from the Lord. I've allowed compromise to make me live a double life that I'm not pleased with. And I'm coming home right now. If that's you, I want you to step forward and come to this altar. If not, we're going to end with prayer. I know it's bold, but I, bet, I, I guarantee you it will set you free.
Let's just worship the Lord right now. Come on. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.